Hello and welcome to Undercommon Taste. This is a podcast where we create and discuss homebrew content for tabletop RPGs. I want to make the world a different. I want to make a difference in the world by speaking out and spreading a hopeful message. I want to send the message of you are not alone and you are safe to transgender kids. I'm Ian Woodworth. I'm joined by my co-host James Daly. And today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Rue, the organizer of the TTRPG bundle for trans rights in Texas. Rue, welcome to Undercommon Taste. Hello, I'm super happy to be here. And I really appreciate y'all talking to me today. We really appreciate you deciding to come on and talk with us. Yeah, this is we were we were both really excited when we saw this and we saw your bundle. And we're like, oh my god, we got to get her on or him on. Sorry, we got to get him on. And so yeah, we're we're very very stoked about this. Right, and just just because I want to see uh, the current total for the bundle as of recording right now is two hundred forty five thousand. Five hundred twenty-one dollars and seventy-seven cents. That which is absolutely amazing, phenomenal. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well done. Uh, <laughs> when I first uh, made the bundle, I set the original stretch goal for a thousand, and I was going to be really excited if at the end of the month we had reached ten thousand dollars to give five grand to each of the two charities. Uh, so it <laughs> being then, so much more than that is like really overwhelming for me in a good way. <laughs> and, and then you went and broke a hundred thousand in 24 hours. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely knocking this out of the park. Just well done. Thank you. This is, this is the, this is the feel good experience that we in the TTRPG community really needed right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I was talking to someone else, uh, one of the organizers for the Ukraine bundle, um, and we were both talking about how, like, it's very nice to be able to do what feels like from your end kind of a small thing um, and then have it have such a big outcome and know that the things that you're doing go somewhere meaningful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's always a huge, a huge boost. So, Rue, why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Those sorts of things? Yeah. Uh, I'm Rue. I use they or he pronouns. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Ilana Knight 13 um, and on other social medias as just Ilana Knight. But when I was 12, I made a Twitter and then I forgot the password. So uh, Twitter <laughs> is holding my username hostage. <laughs> and no amount of me being like, please give it to me will make them give it to me. Um <laughs> And uh, I am an admin on Heroes Without Limits, which is a tabletop space by and for disabled gamers, um, as awesome. well as uh, I do streams on a couple of other channels uh, here and there. Um, and uh, probably before all of that, I'm a game designer and a sensitivity reader. Um, so I write and design uh, both uh, content for third party publishers. I've worked with action fiction and I've worked with gnome made games. Um, but I also do independent work and publish it on my own itch. That's awesome. So I've, and I was, I noticed cause I went and, and looked at some of your stuff, you know, in preparation for this interview. So uh, would you like to, to go into a little bit of detail on some of the projects that you have up on your itch and, and just sort of plug them a little bit? 
Yeah. Uh, so my favorite project that's on my itch and also what's in the bundle um, is I Want Your Bite, uh, which I wrote for um, BIPOC Vamp Day. Uh, we did, uh, Utopia did a game jam and charity stream that benefited, I fr- I'm blanking the name of the charity, but it's a uh, sickle cell disease charity. Um, okay. And uh, so we did a, a game jam and then a series of streams. Uh, of the games that were written during the jam and mine is uh, a trope based game where all of the players play um, like stereotypical game show contestants. So like there's like the hometown heartthrob and the villain and the girl boss um, and things like that. Uh, And those are the player classes Uh, and the GM uh, is the vampire and the entire pro- like concept of the game is that it is the same premise as the show The Bachelor um, but The Bachelor <laughs> is a vampire uh, and at the end uh, you get to become a vampire like instead of getting married or whatever you get to like receive immortality uh, hey, with the with the caveat of you can also choose to seek it's a secret roles game and you can choose to play as a vampire hunter in which case you're trying to win so that you can kill the vampire <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Nice yeah, twist. That I like sounds that. like a lot of fun. Thank you. I totally want to be the villain so I can, you know, that old vaudeville with the, the handlebar mustache <laughs> and the black top hat. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Just be straight up Salvador Dali. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do I get the ocelot? If I get the ocelot, Ooh, I'm in. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of my other projects on there are one page RPGs because I find them quite fun. Uh, the season is a GMless uh, RPG where you play as a bunch of Regency era gossips at like a tea party or a social, and it's your job to maintain your reputation and tear down everybody else's. <laughs> I would be terrible at that game because I suck Me in too. social situations. <laughs> I've never actually played it myself, aside from the playtesting, uh, so I don't know if I'm actually good at it. Um, and then the other one is the Jewel of the Sea, um, which is a seafaring game where you roll on tables and sort of determine how your like seafaring journey goes and you build your ship crew and things like that. Roll for seasickness. Yeah. <laughs> I got a uh, one. <laughs> oh, it's going bad. Need some I, think I, I think I used the D12 table for that one. I was like, I don't get to roll D12s often enough. I want to roll a D12 every now and again. Yeah, the D12 gets a little underused. The D- yeah. D12 is the best dice. It's it's such a pleasing shape. That's a D6. It is. It's such it a pleasing looks, shape. <laughs> it looks good. It feels good. It rolls well. It's you know, you can you can do you can do D2, so coin flips with it, you can do D3 with it, you can do D4 with it, you can do D6 with it. It's ideal. Yeah. It, it is it is the perfect platonic solid. I really enjoy playing a gunslinger because one of the like guns you get to roll two d twelve and I'm like yes finally <laughs> I get they get used. Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, those yeah. are those are the most highlightable things on my itch. I think <laughs> no, those are all those all sound so much fun. Those are definitely very great. Um, so what two charities specifically for for those that have not seen your bundle? Which two charities specifically are your your funds going to? And we'll break down and we'll talk about the bundle a little bit more as well. Yeah. So the two charities we picked are the Transgender Education Network of Texas and Organización Latina de Trans en Texas, or their English translation is uh, Latina Trans Texas. 
Um, so the uh, TENT, which is the Transgender Education Network, um, is a like trans-started um, charity that works uh, on an educational level with schools and like local governments and also like community center groups and things like that to educate the greater community about trans identity and trans issues and sort of try to combat a lot of the like conspiracy theories and transphobia that sort of like are perpetuated by a lot of media. Um, and so they are doing a lot of work both on like the grassroots level of like going into communities and also on the bigger level of like speaking in front of the Texas legislature and like holding like symposiums and things like that to like educate folks on what trans people like, like the fact that trans people exist essentially is really the basics of their argument. Right. Uh, and then from that point onward, like, uh, dispelling a lot of the conspiracy theories that folks have about trans folks and about uh, like the queer community in general. Gotcha. Um, they also, uh, since COVID, have started providing emergency relief funds to trans folks in need in Texas. So you can apply for one of their emergency grants um, and they will um, like forward along money to trans folks who are having trouble with work or things like that due to the pandemic. Um, and Latina Trans Texas uh, is a trans-led, trans-centered organization that has a special focus on trans immigrants. Um, so they were originally founded as a safe space for uh, Latina trans women, obviously from the name, um, but they serve all trans folks and uh, they have a, a couple of shelters in different cities in Texas um, that are both short-term and long-term residential spaces for trans folks experiencing homelessness or escaping from unsafe situations or trans folks who are freshly immigrated to the U.S. Um, and they have legal aid staff on hand to help folks with citizenship papers and navigating um, like the citizenship process while also being trans. And especially if you don't have certain documents from wherever you're coming from that certify your identity and how to like navigate that space, as well as name change paperwork and all of the other legal documentation that comes along with being trans. Um, so they have legal aid on staff to help with that, as well as providing safe spaces and food and access to resources for all of the folks that stay at their shelters. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds like they cover a lot. So yeah, <laughs> um, those, are, those are two fairly heavy, heavy charities. So well done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in contact with the, uh, like directors for both of them because, uh, we had to coordinate the deposit process uh, because right. originally when I thought this was going to be small, I was just going to kind of eat the taxes myself and do the donation personally. Uh, and then it got past a hundred thousand and I was like, there's no way my bank is going to let me <laughs> accept a hundred thousand dollars and then hand out a hundred thousand right. dollars. Uh, so we got in touch with the itch uh, like admin team and put them in touch with the charities. Um, and uh, both of them are like super excited and OLTT especially um, like this it, depending on how much money this is at the end, it might be the largest donation they've ever received. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. no, a, a huge thank you for that. And a huge thank you for the, uh, you know, the tabletop gaming community for, for getting behind that. Yeah, absolutely. I like, uh, I'm, I'm happy being like, sort of the face of this project, but I want everyone to know that like, it's not my 
project. It's the entire community's project. And like 300 folks came together to like put their games into this. And I think we're up to like 25,000 people have purchased it or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like it's it is very much a huge community effort. And like I can't thank everyone enough for all the support they've shown. And and I I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's such a good deal that you can't pass it up. I mean, you're, you're literally, you're literally buying 493 games for a base price of $5. You know, a lot of people, myself included have bumped that up a little bit because a penny a game is just ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, That was one of my like big points in making the bundle. I was like really, determined for it to be accessible to everyone um and so the two folks who helped me like from the admin side so jess and mo over at utopia we were talking back and forth about bundle prices and how um like when you're making a bundle for profit on itch where you want to make sure every creator is getting paid fairly you'll price things a little higher like you'll price things like 20 25 dollars but for a charity bundle if you price it at five dollars someone who can only spend five dollars can afford it and someone who could spend $50 will either buy it for 10 of their friends and give more people those games or just tip themselves all the way up to $50. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to see. It. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I, and, oh. and it is and it is pointed out in the in, in the purchase line that it is, you know, over $2,800 worth of games that you can yeah, get for five there bucks. Is, there is a huge I mean, we, we can't. We cannot stress enough how much content is in this bundle. It yeah. is massive. I, I have spent I have spent the last four evenings working on downloading this, and I am on page six <laughs> of seventeen. Yeah. Again, this is this is huge, and for five dollars, it's just an amazing deal. Yeah. And so and so. As as Rue has mentioned, uh, a huge thank you to the TTRPG creator community as a whole, all of the creators who provided for this bundle, yes, as, as well as to the people who are buying this bundle for these charities. Yes. Um, so, so Rue, is this is this your first time organizing a bundle like this? It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very funny because when I was first, so I started organizing this it'll be a week ago on no wait sorry brain it was a week ago last it was a week ago thursday so it'll be two weeks ago this coming thursday sorry time is not real in my head anymore Uh, oh i'm sure uh, you're just flooded with a ton of stuff to handle uh essentially the day that that whole executive order and attorney general statement came out Um, There was a lot of like back and forth of like, oh, like, is there something set up for this yet? Who's going to set it up? Um, And I was like, I've never done this before, but I'm super passionate about this. And I have uh, I have Thursdays off (laughs) from work. (laughs) So I was like, okay, (laughs) time to do some research. And I asked uh, Jess and Mo at Utopia because they organize all of utopia's creator bundles i was like okay how do you do this what is the process uh and they walked me through it on a discord thread uh and like got me some tutorial like articles and videos for me to watch uh and then i was like okay 
step one is to make a Google form for everyone to submit their games. So I made the Google form and I left it open until I think it was like 9 p.m. on Sunday uh, Pacific time. Uh, and I was like, I'm not going to look at this form. And then I immediately looked at it because I couldn't <laughs> stop myself. <laughs> uh, and like the like the response was just like phenomenal to see 493 games get put through that form was just awesome. That is great. <laughs> and like uh, the two other publishers that um, I partnered with where you can email your receipt to them, uh, Solarian and Hitpoint Press uh, both DM'd me and were like, hey, we can't sell our products on itch for a variety of copyright reasons. Um, they're sold through our home websites, but how can we participate? And um, at first we were just like talking about uh, marketing through their newsletter and things. Uh, and then hit point was like, why don't you just have them email us a receipt to our support team and we can send what we would have donated to the bundle to them directly. Yeah, um, that, that works great. Yeah. And then Solarian was the same. And uh, Solarian actually uh, set up an auto responding email, which is pretty fun. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we, we set up a bot because we were getting so many emails that we needed wow. a bot to, to get a hold of them in a meaningful amount of time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, I still actually need to do that. I haven't I haven't emailed my receipts yet because, I mean, it was the next day when I would just I, I went back to check to check the progress bar, you know, and and I because I didn't bother reading all the way down through all of that block. And it's like, Oh, Oh, I can email and get more stuff. But yeah. wait, there's more. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I haven't, I haven't gotten around to doing that yet. I need to do that. I know hit points offering their big bads bundle. So it's like six, uh, like, uh, D and D stat blocks for like final bosses. Oh, uh, and yeah. Solarian's offering Top Secret and a couple of adventures for Top Secret. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, so when I heard about this bundle, it very much kind of reminded me of the whole Humble Bundle thing. If you do any kind of like gaming or they do some books and stuff like that, too. So I wasn't sure if that kind of inspired you with the thing. And then a Humble Bundle, if anyone from you guys are paying attention, some of these social causes would be a great thing to pick up as well. So, I mean, kind of. Poke, poke. If if we can get you guys in there, I mean, here here's some other stuff. Obviously, these bundles are amazingly successful. So, I mean, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, a couple of years ago when Itch did the bundle for racial justice, uh, and it was like really huge. Was like obviously super inspiring to me. Um, and Itch like organized that one, just like Itch is organizing the one for Ukraine right now as well. Oh, great. Um, and I think it went live today. I got the notification that it went live today. So I don't know the like actual name of it, but it should be on Itch's main page because uh, Itch is organizing that one from the back end. Um, and like seeing just kind of like how many folks are willing to come together and like shell out more than what they're asking for knowing that the money is going to a good cause is like super exciting to me <laughs> uh and we have a discord server um for this I, I uh when i sent the acceptance emails i made a discord server for any of the designers who wanted to join and out of the 300 we got like 150 ish in the discord server so about half of us um That's and a huge number though yeah yeah <laughs> and so uh i've been like we we keep update we we're, we keep each other updated on what's happening because like we're all in different time zones so when i'm asleep they can screen cap milestones for me and stuff like that awesome uh and we also have like game dev channels where they can talk about their game development um but like one of the uh one of the things that we were talking about uh for this was like 
seeing the like maximum uh donation amount go up like when it see when it shows you like who is the biggest spender and like someone spent a thousand dollars on this oh yeah Yeah. so like someone like cared enough and had the means to drop a thousand dollars that's awesome um, which is like so astounding to me And and it also shows the average donation, which has been hovering right like a couple cents under ten dollars the yeah. whole time, yeah. which is which is also incredible. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you're still I mean, you're almost doubling your asking price. And and again, even at ten bucks, you're still getting. Uh, yeah, I mean, five hundred games for, for two pennies a piece. Yeah, I mean, oh noes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah, it's no, too it's really too good of a deal not to grab. It really is. So, are there are there any games in this bundle that you personally are super excited to have seen on the list? Um, my big one is Wander Home. Uh, I love Jay's work. Um, uh, and like I already own Wander Home, uh, <laughs> but uh, when I saw that Jay had submitted Wander Home, I was just super excited because like it's a game that like is such a nice pastoral like sweet getaway kind of feel. Um, and I I actually think so like tangentially um, like I think the wide variety of games that are in this is really exciting to me um, because you get like things like Wander Home, which are like very like emotional stories about like defending your home as a little uh as a little animal person um and then you get be gay do crimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah or kissing or kissing comrades there's a 200 word larp about being an anarchist <laughs> chaos woohoo <laughs> um and just like the so like the huge variety of like vibe and just kind of like the very uh like even the like the games have a very uh like wide breadth of interest that you can catch like there's mm-hmm. a bunch of like full rpgs but there's also a lot of one pagers and single like solo journaling games depending on what you've got the mood for uh fourth sherlock holmes and a vampire who is also one of the aforementioned sherlock holmes <laughs> in here um and yeah. i love that game i can't wait to play it myself <laughs> um but yeah so like i'm Every game that got submitted, I was, like, thrilled about seeing. Uh, and then, of course, like, the big hitters, like, Agon and uh, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, which, like, each of them alone, I think their standalone PDF is, like, $20, $25. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So, like, knowing that those publishers, like, especially, like, a big publisher like Evil Hat is willing to, like, take the losses on those sales and give this game into the bundle is, like, really exciting for me. Yeah, I think I think the game that I am most interested in in actually trying out is uh, Jonathan Jonathan Frakes wants your attention and you must not give it to him. <laughs> yeah, that one yes. has, like it, uh, so I um, I've been collecting uh, and saving into our Discord server for the designers all the different articles that folks have been putting out about this, and I think that game has been featured in like four of them because every news writer who writes about it is like, this game looks amazing. Can, can, can we tag Jonathan Franks in this just so he so he sees it, just so he knows it's here? I desperately want Jonathan Franks to know that this bundle includes a game where you must not pay attention to him <laughs> which does lead me to a question so i mean as as mind-bogglingly boggling boggling, 
as awesomely successful as this is, I can't talk tonight. Yeah, we do a podcast. I can't talk tonight. There we go. Words. But as awesome as, as this bundle has been, if there was a group, a person, a celebrity, uh, an entity, an entity, somebody that we could, you know, give a shout out and get eyes on it, who would that be for you? I mean, honestly, I'm going to be like super honest, like a lot of the big hitters in the space have already like done that kindness for us. Like I was like over the moon when I saw that Matt Mercer retweeted it um, because that's just so many more eyes on uh, this space. I think like it would be nice to get uh, like some like trans and queer folks outside of the tabletop space to see it. Uh, someone in the, uh, the Discord server was talking about, uh, oh, we should see if Laverne Cox will retweet this. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know that I'm anywhere near uh, the level of important for Laverne Cox to know I exist. Let, let's tag him and let him see. I mean, maybe maybe they'll her. get behind you and support her. Or her sorry. Her. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> but let's get behind her and, and tag her and maybe we can get her, you know, support behind this as well. So, I mean, we can. But yeah, like, I think, I think it would be really cool if, like, uh, like trans and queer advocates outside of the space would also like see it and get to interact with it. Um, Absolutely. Well, I mean, you said that, you know, various news, news publications are picking this up too. So, I mean, that's definitely going to increase visibility for you as well, which is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Polygon did an article for us uh, like earlier, like earlier in the weekend and uh, the bundle analytics will show me where folks have been like led to the bundle from. And a lot of folks are coming from the front page because itch is doing us the kindness of featuring us on the front page. But I'd say about like 20% of our traffic since the Polygon article came out has been from Polygon directly. Oh, awesome. Um, So like just a huge chunk of our traffic coming to the bundle from Polygon, which is really nice. And how much longer is the bundle running currently? Like how it long runs is the... through eleven fifty nine p.m. Pacific time on April third, so it oh, ends great. April fourth. So there is plenty of time. So I mean, if if you're him and Han, I mean, act now. But <laughs> if if you you gotta sit there and five hundred games, five bucks, five hundred games, <laughs> five bucks. You you got time to figure this one out. Five hundred games, five bucks. Five hundred games, a cup of co- coffee. Five. I mean, do it. Just do it. Do it now. <laughs> uh, there's who also knows by, by who knows by the time this closes, this bundle may cost less than a gallon of gas. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> in, in some parts of in some parts of the United States, it already, it already costs does. less than a, a gallon of gas. I used to live in California, so it it already costs more than where I used to live. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's sorry. Okay. Oh no, you're totally fine. I have ADHD. If I don't say the words in my mouth, they're gone. <laughs> I totally know that feel. <laughs> um, um, it'll come back to me when I don't need it to. So that's going to be really <laughs> exciting. I'll remember, like when I'm lying in bed tonight. Oh no, I didn't say this. <laughs> that so that after- usually that usually happens to me in the middle of editing. I, I'll get to a point where I was going to say something. And I forgot what I was going to say. And then just listening back through reminds me exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Ian will sit there and message me. We should have dropped this meme. <laughs> yeah, we probably should have rolled now. <laughs> so after this, after this, this campaign wraps up, is there like something else you're kind of like geared up and ready to try to tackle next? Um, or even I take was... a breather? <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to take a break. Um, it's just not uh, not that in my hardwired. That is the magic of ADD. 
it's uh it's great until it's not <laughs> exactly um uh a person that i actually met um through uh like this bundle um their name is uh zosh and uh i think on twitter it's Sethiram, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh she's a like uh vampire historian is probably the coolest way to describe him. Uh <laughs> he does a lot of awesome. a lot of like research into like vampire lore and mythology and uh in their own words, if you've seen a vampire documentary in the last twenty five years, either I'm narrating it or I wrote it. <laughs> Um, and they're working on a, uh, like doing the same kind of thing that I'm doing, but for, um, charities in Florida. Uh, and, but we're going to wait until after both this bundle and the bundle for Ukraine are finished running so that people aren't splitting hairs on what they can support at any given time. Um, so, uh, once this bundle and the bundle for Ukraine have run out, uh, we're going to go live on a bundle for, uh, Florida to also help trans and queer folks there because of the whole don't say gay bill that they just passed and things like that. Um, I'm still looking into my, my job on that end, uh, is, uh, looking into charities. So I'm, I'm still looking into which charities we're going to support because we're trying to look for smaller grassroots organizations. Um, because the larger ones tend to get publicity, um, and then the smaller grassroots ones don't get the support they need. They got to struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking for some smaller, like grassroots Texas trans and queer um, charities to support uh, once these bundles are finished. Perfect. Possibly during Pride Month, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. It'd yeah. Be a good time for it. It'd be it'd be a good time for it. <laughs> Yeah, James, do you have any more questions? No, I've got, no, I've got my, one more. That was my last question. I think that okay. I had prepared. So, all right. So, um, so my last question has a little has as is more to do with you as a creator than the bundle. So, c- coming back to you, um, in your bio, both on itch and on Twitter, you emphasize your Welsh, Romani, and Indigenous ethnic roots. Um, how do you feel your ethnic heritage influences your your game writing and, and your, your perspective on the world? Yeah. Um, so I'm Welsh on my dad's side and Romani and indigenous on my mom's side. Um, and so uh, like being mixed race and kind of white passing has always uh, sort of influenced my uh, like upbringing because I'm not white enough for white people, but fair skinned enough and white passing enough that I don't get the same level of uh, racism that darker skinned folks get. Uh, I benefit from colorism. Um, (laughs) And so like that sort of influenced my whole existence as a person. Um, And also wanting to uh, like take space that I'm deserved, but also make sure that I make space for other folks um, because where I am in the industry, like getting to be an independent game designer, getting to make money off of my work. Um, I am here because of the people who have come before me um, and people like, uh, like I'm blanking, like the whole cast of Rivals of Waterdeep um, and ND&D, the all indigenous uh, Dungeons and Dragons stream, um, like folks like them who have worked so hard to get space and make a foothold here, folks like Tanya and folks like Orion D. Black, um, who hold such like 
strong positions in this industry because they have fought every step of the way for that inclusion and to make that space um, and have given all of us the opportunity to follow them into those roles and to follow them into this space. Um, And so like a lot of my philosophy in the spaces that I create is making sure that I give back in that same way because I have gotten to uh, like, because I have been given space to make sure that I give space to others. Um, And so not so much my game design philosophy, but my game community philosophy, that's what um, flavors Uh, my game design philosophy. um, I'm a real big fan of like bringing cultural elements into games. So uh, one of the games that I didn't plug from my itch because it's kind of super niche uh, (laughs) is laid to rest, um, which is a system agnostic adventure um, about Mulo, which are um, Romani spirits of the dead um, who can't leave because they are connected to a person still living. Um, And essentially they are like waiting for that person to let go of them to pass on. Um, And so I wrote, uh, it's like a very emotional story about a couple who one of them has passed away, but can't pass on because their spouse is not ready to let go of them yet. Um, And sort of like navigating that space. Um, And so I think it's really important to bring elements of my culture and like my upbringing into the games that I write. And even when I'm not writing games about those things directly, like the NPCs I design and the spaces that I create in my games are like colored with uh, my upbringing. Um, And like, I think it's super important, not only because it makes me happy to see myself represented in games, Um, and like, if like, I know that like when I see stuff like Coyote and Crow, I get like ridiculously excited about the notion of like being able to play an Arapaho, uh, like D and D character essentially in a, in a futuristic world. Um, and like, but I, but it also like reminds me, um, that like stories are for everybody. Um, and every, like everyone deserves that space to tell their story, Um, And especially tabletop games, which are, like, incredibly, like, oral history storytelling experiences, um, like, really, like, touches something in me that, like, a lot of other forms of storytelling don't hit in the same way. I like that. And, I mean, really, for for those of us that are still at home, I mean, we're all sitting here behind our, our monitors and whatnot, games, music, and food are just, like, three great ways to kind of, I mean, you're not going to get immersed in a culture, but you can definitely get a feel for different cultures that way and and maybe spark some curiosity so you look into it more so i love that you're taking you know your lore from your heritage and and aspects of your heritage and bringing those into your games so other people have a chance to see them so that's great And and i love what you said about you know taking this this advantage that you have and and creating a platform to help exemplify others, you know, giving a, giving a foothold for others to advance. And, you know, James and I, as a, as a couple of cishet white guys, (laughs) we, 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 we understand that we have certain advantages afforded us purely by the accident of our birth. And, and James has Tourette's. So there's that too. Yeah. But, but that, that's neither here nor there, but, (laughs) That's that's one of the things that I really like about having this podcast about, you know, being able being able to have the privilege to to put out those invitations to to people like you, to people like 
um, Mitch Bustillos from uh, Penny for a yeah. Tale with uh, Patton Lee with Chain Stars with Ethan Reynolds with Neon Knights. All, all these wonderful, diverse guests that we've been able to bring onto the show and talk to about uh, about their games is is we have the privilege of being able to establish a platform and it, it then it behooves us it is it is it falls on us as a bit of a almost a responsibility to to use what privilege we have to try and and promote others and so uh, i that's that's one of the things that i i don't know where i'm going with this <laughs> but that's, that's one of the things built- I like about about this podcast is is the opportunity that we have to just try and help those other marginalized communities get a little bit more of a voice. Right. I, you know, you were talking about the people that have come before you. It very much reminds me of uh, the Newton quote. If I've seen further than others, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. Um, you know, Ian and I by no means are giants, but as we can, we do try to help boost others' voices so hopefully they can carry a l- just a little bit further, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that that's one of our goals with our podcast, which is great. And I mean, with your your bundle, just, oh my God, the amount that people are, because I mean, people who wouldn't consider things otherwise are going to see this. And just with what's being offered, people are going to consider it. And so you've done such an amazing job you've accomplished so so much with hey let's do a thursday afternoon i've got a free thursday i mean and then (laughs) boom the whole thing just exploded so it's just like just i I cannot i cannot applaud you enough thank you yeah (laughs) and i mean like again uh like i can't take nearly all the credit for it because it's uh i did the google form organizing and plugging into itch and made a discord server um but if if that if that had been all i had done if other folks hadn't been involved it would be like three games <laughs> so uh i i really have to make sure that like folks know that it's because of the sheer amount of community support we've gotten that we've done all of this and that like the like the tabletop space sometimes i think can feel kind of isolating um, especially if you're not involved in a lot of actual play stuff or if you're not involved in any of the like big streaming shows. Um, but knowing that like this is a community and we are all willing to come together for a cause is like something that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, and like a reminder that like your stories matter and like your presence in this space matters is something I think that like this has really like renewed and instilled in me, which is very nice. Every once in a while, every once in a great while, faith in humanity gets restored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is one of those times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that brings us to the end of our interview. So th- thank you for coming on for the interview. Yes, thank, uh, you. thank you. One of the things that we like to do with our guests is to roll some dice on a table in a segment we call Monster Mashup. Um, Ooh, shiny. I have all pri- I have all my pride dice with me today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's a great sound. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> that and like the sound of the coke being poured into the glass for the movie theaters. That's like one of my favorite sounds ever. That and and dice hitting a tray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. 
the the dice that I have on me. Let's see if the camera will pick them up. These are uh, these are my ceramic dice from uh, Fighting Chance Studios that I got yes. for Christmas. Awesome. Nice. And my dice are they, they make oh, they make <laughs> they make the best noise. Yeah. When you it's when you like roll teeth. them together. It's the Tooth Fairy's teeth. I don't think my camera will pick this up. Um, this one has little tiny uh, oh, clay yeah. trans it flags in it. Oh, awesome. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. And then my other ones are the Heartbeat trans set and the Heartbeat non-binary set. Very cool. All right. Bring. So if you are ready, yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's roll some dice. All right. So uh, to start off with, let's get a D4 roll for its locomotion. All right. That's a three. A three. It burrows. All right. Ooh. One. And then a D6 roll for what does it eat? Mm, Bananas. Maybe. Uh, a five. A five. Uh, give me another roll and let me know even or odd. 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 It eats carrion. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, we've got. I, we're making a worm. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> we've done graboids before. <laughs> we we are not talking about the graboids, James. <laughs> we can do our ball flies. <laughs> No, we cannot do our bot flies. No. Bad. Don't make me go get the squirt bottle. I used to watch the like Animal Planet uh like monsters inside of me thing as oh, a yeah, kid. Exactly. And yeah. the bot fly episode haunts me. I will yes, never exactly. forget it. See, everybody well, loves bot flies. Well, what what he was originally with the Graboids referencing was when Mitch was on talking about necrobiotic and we made a tardigrade monster oh. inspired by vampire fish. Nice. That's it, pretty it, sick. It was a, the, 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 the Graboids, though, were, we, we came, we had a couple other worms that were kind of like the, the Tremors worms, though. Yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, vampire fish are so the next most frightening thing I could ima- possibly imagine. Would be bot flies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. let, let's let's keep going. Um, next is going to be a D eight roll for size. All right, that's a D ten. One second, an eight. An eight. This thing's colossal. <laughs> nice. I, love it. I am seeing this right now as some sort of like divine anti necromancer. Where it goes through, and if okay. there's undead, it just kind of slurps them down. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, or, uh, or it's it's like a it's like a battlefield recycler. Ooh, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Like after after you've had a long like war, and there's a lot of bodies on either side, you're just yeah. like, okay, let's 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 clear this, this up. Th- this has this has a very this has a very Eberron feel to it. The battlefield yeah. Zamboni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The battlefield street sweeper. Hold on. Period pause. <laughs> it's like the, the it's like the cart that they drive on the driving range to pick up the golf balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, we're we are terrible people. Um probably yes. Uh next, uh I need another D eight roll for uh social organization. All right. I, I hope you roll low. 
Uh, it's a three. <laughs> three. That'll work. Uh, brood, one parent plus young. Okay. Okay. I was I was just hoping that we didn't roll horde. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so this is kind of feeling a bit um like the sandworms where you have the sandworms and you have the sand trout where you have the the little brooding the little ones. tiny things. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah, I don't know if they're gonna bust out sand trout in Dune 2. I hope they do. But anyway. Ooh, yeah. Alright, so this 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 will help inform our creation a great deal. Um now we need a D10 roll for All native right. environment. All right. Oh, that is... All right, that's a six. Six grasslands. Okay. Yeah. I'm still seeing the battlefield Zamboni. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going strong on uh, <laughs> yeah. battlefield cleanup or like uh, a, a, really, a really cool emissary of the Raven Queen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it. Um, I can, I can, I can definitely see this as being something that uh, that a necromancer might actually seek out and try and control in some way. Yeah, um, like, uh, per, like, uh, sort of like, did like realigning their like path to make sure they do or don't eat the given carrion in a certain space okay yeah or or even just so that they would you know collect up a whole bunch of bodies <laughs> and then find some some way to magically make them regurgitate them all in one location oh yeah so that you like you reanimate them in the stomach and they just kind of like dis- crawl out a, it's like it's transport. like it's like grubhub for corpses <laughs> You just place your order and they show up at your door. Grub so I'm thinking in in Diablo three act Diablo three act three when you're on you're on the bastion walls and they do have those giant yeah the 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 tremors the, yeah the, the, the tremors the, the, no the spewers yeah and they disgorge the demons in this case you're just disgorging undead. So it could actually be like a giant siege thing where it's going to like bust up against a castle wall and just kind of like blah, a whole legion of undead soldiers. It just, it just like a, a, a literal bone storm of, of, you know, just bare bones and goop. Gotcha. And then once it, once it does its initial, you know, battering of everything and it all just sort of scatters across the courtyard then the bones reconstruct into skeletons. Oh, that'd be freaky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I think we're going to have an undead version of this, whatever it is. I like it. An undead delivery system. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, continuing on, we need a D12 roll yes. for method of defense. We were just talking about how these are my favorite dice to roll. <laughs> I love yeah. D12s. That's a nine. A nine? It has a spear limb. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Maybe like a up ta- front? Like a, like, do you think up front or like a tail? Like a, like a, like a 
spiked tail. I could see it like a spiked tail or almost like a swordfish, especially if it's like a ramming oh, into yeah, like curtain like a, walls. Yeah. yeah, like a like a ramming tool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It, it's a breaching tool. Yeah. Yeah, and and we've done that before when we've had this. Uh, yeah. So have it have it be something for specifically for breaching. Yes. Um, so may, maybe <laughs> maybe this particular location. Uh, has a lot of megafauna, and so and so it it requires this this piercing protrusion on its head in order to uh, break open the bodies because it feeds on carrion to Be break nice open to the moose. bodies so it can. What about a moose? Be nice to my moose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about things like you know, like dire bullets oh, or yeah. something oh. like that. Something something that's you know armored. Yeah. And so and so it's hard. You you literally have to crack it open in order to get into it. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Just leave the moose alone. We're happy. <laughs> um, next is a d20 roll for quirks. A d20 roll for quirks. Seven. Seven. Interesting. Uh, possesses silk-producing spinnerets. Oh! Fun! I'm still liking this as a sieging monster. Yeah, because you could, you could like, cut off access to things by spinning enough silk over, like, walls and doors. Yeah, or maybe that's how it holds itself to the walls. Like, it hits up and it lines up and then it spreads out so you can't, like, just push it back and off. Um, I would also see it in much the same way that a spider wraps up the things that get stuck in its web for eating later. Okay. That, that, that this would that this would be some sort of a preservation method that it would use, especially for large corpses. They're all mummies. Uh, to 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 pre- preserve the carrion for them to eat later, and that they would might have some sort of it might produce some sort of like anaerobic oh, environment. I like to, that. To keep things from uh, deteriorating too far where they wouldn't be edible anymore. Yeah. Or, or even usable as, as a C, as a, you know, something that could shamble out. Like I said, I like giving everything the mummy stat since, you know, they're all wrapped up. <laughs> um, the, uh, it would also be like interesting in terms of like being able to like the, like we were saying, like necromancers using these as, weapon deliver as undead delivery systems um but also like harvesting that uh that silk and like maybe making like uh like really lightweight armor out of it because spider silk is better than kevlar blocking bullets and things like that that would be great and and if it and perhaps it has rather than making an anaerobic environment maybe it has antimicrobial properties so the clothing that you make with it provides like a bonus to you know advantage on saving throws versus disease and poison yeah or maybe maybe a very small passive regeneration ability or maybe like add your proficiency to a death saving throw perhaps so you're not bleeding out yeah very cool something very terrifying (laughs) what if it spins like one of those silk balloons like spiders do so it can travel so you get an airdrop 
you can airdrop the skeletons. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the Tarask attached to the dirigible. <laughs> yes, a dirigible Tarask. It's just floating along, minding its own business, and then it vomits up some skeletons. <laughs> Special delivery. It's raining postmortem men. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now for the fun ones, and now, and now, <laughs> you you thought you thought we were almost done. Now we get to make it weird. I'm so excited! <laughs> I can't wait to see what this becomes when we make it weird past what we've already made. Yeah. So, give me a D100 roll. All right. Uh, that is a fifty-six. 56 is... 57, it would have been ketchup. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? So if it was 57, it would have been ketchup. <laughs> okay. Um, this is, this is going to be... This is going to be hard. Um, oh, 56 no. is... Weirdly conventionally attractive? Oh! <laughs> Like for a worm or like general? Oh, I, mean, I see conventionally attractive as being oddly attractive to humanoids. Okay. Um, what? Maybe it's got like, I mean, like, I'm not attracted to moths, but like, you know, when moths have those really pretty colorations and caterpillars have them? Yeah. Okay. And they're the a little bit less upsetting because they have them. I could see that. I could see the silk having like some sort of iridescence, so they kind of shimmer. Okay, yeah. I'm really trying to figure out how conventionally attractive can apply I mean, to this. We could go with the really low-hanging fruit and just make it phallic-shaped. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is already... Yeah. We, we, we... Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... <laughs> Let's go with the coloration. I like the coloration. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do that. <laughs> Very pretty, like um, like those poisonous caterpillars that are really beautiful, but you're not supposed oh, to yeah. touch them. Yeah. Or you know, like the the tree frogs and and stuff yeah. that have the very vibrant colors to them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So because we we like chaos here, we're gonna roll a second time. All right. And what do we have? One of the problems with these dice is that the print makes them kind of hard to read. 99. Ooh. Um, I think that one is a roll twice on the table. <laughs> nice. This is so wonderful. James, do you have dice out? No, my dice I have put away. Unfortunately, I wasn't ready for this one. Well, then, well then Rue, you roll once, I roll once, and we'll see what else we get. All right. Thirteen. Okay, you got thirteen. I got ninety-four. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> go with nine. Yeah, I cannot use these dice to play Call of Cthulhu. No, that was bad. <laughs> I, do, I do not. I do not own a D percentile that I can use to play Call of Cthulhu because my other set routinely rolls above sixty. Oof, so yeah. No, you um, you need you need nice low rolling dice for Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna do 94 because I'm already down at the bottom. Cool. Uh, 
I think we've already established this. Um, comes from an alien world and doesn't adhere to normal biology. Oh that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that stands to reason. That's reasonable. So, so so by alien world is this like a off plane sub construction or is this just just it weird? could be it could be still within the same material plane and just okay. from a different different planet. planet. Okay, mm, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but if we are if we're going into the D and D context, it could simply be an extra planar entity as well, which would make a lot of sense. Um, it could be from someplace like the Beastlands, or oh yeah, this possibly, this is close enough. Um, it could possibly be an outsider. It's it's weird enough. Yeah, um, <laughs> it could be from someplace like the Abyss. Yeah, you know. Or Ooh, with the blood war, yeah, that'd make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, or or Carceri, or you know. Well, maybe... we referenced the Raven Queen already, haven't we? Yeah, because we I was talking about how carrion feeders would probably be useful yeah, for her. So that would tie in right well. So now we've got the the Shadowfell and they yeah they could be they could be a cult a creation of the Raven Queen and then certain liches or powerful necromancers seek them out and attempt to corrupt, corrupt them, them to to use yeah. them for their own ends yeah that would make a lot of sense okay um and sorry Ru, what was your what was your result 13 13 13 yes okay so Woo! i need i need another d4 roll please all right because it is telepathic <laughs> two and it communicates with others of its species. Okay. Okay. That's good. They can. They can. They can talk. I can see that. Where you have the brutes, you have the the adult and the young, and then at a certain point, they kind of just scatter. They yep. can. They can keep in so, contact. So it, so it is almost a literal hive mind. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. I like a, it. A hive hive mind between, you know, these 50 foot long alien corpse eating grub things. <laughs> Are we naming this thing Grubhub? I, I think <laughs> I think we might be sued for copyright infringement oh, if we do that. Um, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think of a new pun on Grubhub. Get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um so while you're thinking, I'm going to recap what we've got. So our creature burrows. It eats carrion. It is colossal in size. Um, its social assemblage is uh, brood. So one parent plus young. Um, it resides in grasslands. It has a spear limb, which I think we have decided is going to be a horn that protrudes off of the its head, general head area. Um, it has silk-producing spinnerets. It is weirdly conventionally attractive? Question <laughs> mark. Um, it is from an alien world, and it is telepathic and communicates telepathically with others of its species. So, what are we going to call it? There are no good, like, shortenings of mummy to fit into Grubhub. <laughs> the bone drone? 
perhaps. Okay. Because it delivers like bones, it. but I don't like yeah. it because it's not made of bones. It is some kind of like caterpillar grub worm thing. And unfortunately, cadaver collector is already taken. Oh darn! Uh, you could call it okay. a carrion worm, I guess. In the what if this thing's actually a caterpillar to a moth? It could be a carrion moth. Okay. Okay. So, so, oh, basi- so what you're saying is we've made Mothra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say like, uh, like you know, like like corpse flies, but a corpse moth, a corpse yeah. grub. <laughs> corpse grub would work. Something for like a, a battlefield, or you know, like a, thinking like a carrying pit. But yeah, corp- a, a corpse grub would work. Um, there's a term for a pile of dead bodies, and I'm blanking on it. There's a term for it? I'm pretty sure there is. Mm, I've never heard it if there is. Well, I mean, give me a second. We can consult the oracles that are Google. That's true. And we can look up at the stars here. See, I've... I feel like we might be able to to do a riff on some sort of preservation because because of the spinnerets, oh, yeah. because of the silk. Um, so, like maybe just like a preserver or uh, or an embalmer. Oh, I like the embalmer. I like the embalmer. That's pretty good. The deeply departed. <laughs> I was thinking morgue runner. <laughs> that would be cool. Though it doesn't okay. run, I guess. It burrows. I, I like the embalmer. The embalmer's pretty strong. Yeah. A hearse grub. That'd be hearse cool. The grub. cadaver keeper. Hearse grub sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to pet it. Well, I mean, it is it is conventionally, it's conventionally attractive. attractive. Yeah, it's got a yeah. great name and everything. They didn't <laughs> want to name it something ugly. <laughs> All right, so do we do we have do we have a winner yet? Do we? My vote goes strongly for Hearst Grub. You said that, and I fell in love. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, we will do that. All right, so we're calling it a Hearst Grub. Okay. Uh, because it picks up the bodies and takes them where they need to go. I like it. All right. Right to the necromancer. <laughs> right to the <laughs> necromancer. No! <laughs> ah. All Bad right. hearse grub. <laughs> All right. Ah. Imagine a chariot of them. Like you have two of them tied together and you're just like <laughs> riding this chariot with the scythe wheels behind it. it just, it's, just, it's just eaten as it goes. Yeah, exactly. That would the, definitely be for the that would definitely be for the crow queen or the morrigan. I could see the morrigan rock, rocking that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that would be fun. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. That was. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Rue. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. This is, this is our favorite part of these interview yeah. episodes. <laughs> I can is, see is why getting, this was awesome. To un- unwind with all the chaos. <laughs> um, so. The other thing that we like to do whenever we invite a guest on is to have them give a shout out 
to someone else in the community, uh, a podcaster, a content creator, musician, artist, etc. Who would you like to give a shout out to today? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Drac or Draconix. Um, he's one of the uh, admins on Friends Who Roll Dice. Um, and they're also, uh, I believe they work with One More Multiverse, the uh, like tabletop uh, virtual thing where you can like play as little characters. Uh, it's one of those virtual tabletops. Um, and I really like admire that the work, uh, the work that Drac has done in like, like I've said, like building a space for folks um, and making uh, the space more inclusive. And also uh, they put so much work into the charity events they organize. They organize a lot of charity streams. Um, and like, you can tell that he cares a lot about all the work that he does and the passion that he brings to the table is just phenomenal. Awesome. Do you, do you have any uh, social media tags for them? Or? Yes. It's at Draconix, which is D R A K. O-N-I-Q-U-E-S. Okay. We will make, we'll make sure to include that in our show notes. Um, and last but not least, before we call it a wrap, I would like you to take a moment to plug yourself. Yes. Where we can find you, where we can find your work, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have been Rue. I use they or he pronouns. You can find me on Twitter as at Ilana Knight 13. Um, and that's where you can find all my contact information and whatnot if you want to get in touch with me. Um, and if you want to buy my games, you can find them on itch as Ilana Knight Uh, if you're interested in cosplay, I'm a, uh, craftsmanship competitive cosplayer, um, so you can find me on Instagram or Facebook also as Ilana Knight. Um, that's my handle everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much for coming on and joining Before us. Before we stop, one oh. other thing, please, okay. again, let's plug the bundle and the charities oh. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm here talking about the <laughs> TTRPGs for trans rights in Texas bundle, which is currently live on itch. For the low price of $5 or more, if you can afford it, you can get 493 games from over 300 creators. Um, it's about a $2,800 value when all said and done. Uh, and we're donating all the proceeds and even split between the Transgender Education Network of Texas and Woo! Organización Latina de Trans and Texas, um, both of which are on-the-ground, trans-led, trans-centered charities that are actively working to combat transphobia in Texas and also make safe, secure places for trans folks in Texas. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you very much for your work. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Undercommon Taste. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas, please send us an email at undercommontaste at gmail.com or send us a direct message through our Twitter account at UCT Homebrew. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Undercommon Taste. We are also on YouTube and Twitch and TikTok now. Um, we are uh, Monster Madness 2022 tournament is still going on strong. Uh, we are doing daily updates on the results of all of the matches. So if you want, check our Twitter account for the, the day's update, or you can find our videos on our YouTube or our TikTok. Um, we are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash undercommon taste. That's where we put the write-ups for all of our 
uh, for everything that we create on the show. Um, the let me let me grab my notes here. Uh, the curse <laughs> scrub will be will be up on on our Patreon once once I get it written up, probably on this coming Monday. Um, most of our stuff is free. Some of our stuff is patron exclusive. So if you would like to help support the show financially, please come over and consider becoming a patron. Um, and finally, we are on Discord. You can find a link to our Discord in the show notes. If this is your first time hearing our podcast, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify. Um, as always, please give us a rate and review. This helps increase our visibility, and it also lets us know what you want to hear more of. Thanks you so much, Rue, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, again for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you again next week. Happy gaming. Thank you for listening to another episode of Undercommon Taste. You can find links to all of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, as well as our Patreon and Discord channel in the show notes. Our theme song is Massacre Anne, written and performed by Mary Crowell and used with permission. You can find more of her work at marycrowell.bandcamp.com or on Patreon at patreon.com slash drmarycrowell. Our logo was illustrated by David Sutherland. You can find him on Instagram at willex underscore 73 or on DeviantArt at deviantart.com slash David Sutherland. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you again next week.